Welcome to Business Happy Hour, the podcast that uncorks the secrets to financial location and time freedom as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Lauren Sharp, a dietitian turned business coach who has built a six-figure thriving nutrition business from the ground up, and I'm here to help you build your business empire too. Join me as we raise our glasses to CEO energy, epic marketing and sales strategies, business that is actually life-giving and fun AF, and of course, delicious cocktails, mocktails, and lattes. Each week, we dive into conversations with industry leaders and visionary entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary results in their own entrepreneurial journeys. From marketing to scaling, we leave no stone unturned in helping you create a profitable, fun, and flexible business. As your host, I'll be sharing my own experiences, failures, and breakthroughs that have allowed me to embrace a lifestyle where summer Fridays are a year-round reality, where I can step out of my office on my own terms, and where I have the power to shape my own income and future. Subscribe now to Business Happy Hour, and together, let's toast to the incredible possibilities that await you as an entrepreneur. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Business Happy Hour. I uh, Last time that we chatted, I was attempting to reduce my caffeine intake. And honestly, at the time I had COVID, I don't know. I can't remember if I told you guys that at the time because I don't know if I even knew at the time um, because I had um, taken a test and it was negative. And I was like, there's no fucking way this isn't COVID. Uh, so I took it again and it ended up being COVID. We had to miss a wedding. It was terrible. It was very, 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 very sad, but we're in better spirits today. Um, and I'm back on my caffeine game. However, I have added something in. So this past weekend, I hosted a business retreat in Park City, Utah. It was incredible. So much fun. And the house that we stayed at had an epic, epic coffee machine. And I was like, I can't fucking resist this. This is good. This is good shit. And especially when I'm coaching, I love to have caffeine. I don't know. It just like makes my coaching that much better. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm back on the coffee farm, but I mean, nothing crazy. I don't have more than two cups per day. Um, but I've been adding in cacao. So cacao is obviously a plant where our chocolate comes from. However, don't ask me the difference between cocoa and cacao. I know I, I don't know. <laughs> but I do know that there is something called ceremonial cacao, and it's cacao in its simplest form. Basically, before any processing happens, right? So you might have like cacao powder, like that's not ceremonial cacao because it's been processed and stripped of its of its benefits. So um, it's unprocessed chocolate essentially made from the beans of the cacao tree. And it's it, it's able to boost energy. It helps you bo- boost focus. Um, and what it contains is theobromine. And that's a compound that has been shown. Obviously, I geek out over this stuff. Being a dietitian, I like love all the science behind this shit. Um, but it's a compound that it's been shown to improve cognitive function and focus. Um, but it's a very like calm energy. Like I feel very grounded anytime I do shadow work or mindset stuff. It's so great to drink before. 
Um, it's also super high in antioxidants and it can protect the body from free radicals and reduce inflammation. And it tastes like fucking hot chocolate. So why the hell not? Um, so how I do it is I'll cut off some pieces of the chocolate that I use. And um, I have two separate ones. Some come in like little discs of chocolate and some are cacao and some come in um, like a full bar that you have to cut off. And I'll do 28 grams of it with about half a cup to a cup of milk. And then I'll use coconut sugar to sweeten it up a little bit because it's definitely very bitter. Um, but yeah, it's shown to have positive effects on cardiovascular health. It's been shown to lower blood pressure, improve blood flow, blood flow, and reduce the risk of heart disease. Um, and it's also had, has been shown to have really beautiful effects on mental health. So it actually has been shown to have antidepressant effects, um, to include, uh, to increase serotonin, dopamine, um, and to help reduce stress and anxiety and improve mood, which I always fucking need. And, um, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere too, that it's like, um, it can, uh, what's the word? Mimic the the pathways of antidepressants, which I am on Zoloft, so I need all the help that I could possibly get. Um, so we love that. It just makes me feel like a very regulated human, which is so important for this industry. I feel that I need to be extremely regulated to best help my clients and to run the best business that I can possibly run. So that's a little life update. Um, but today, speaking of being a regulated human, the one-to-many model has truly made me the most regulated human I can possibly be. And the reason being is because I am able to coach better when I'm not so overwhelmed. And I'm going to take you through a little bit about how I transitioned my business model to a one-to-many model rather than just a one-to-one model. I'm going to take you on a little journey. So about one year into my nutrition business, I had started hearing about group coaching. Everybody was doing it. I was like, what the hell is this group coaching scenario? There was a lot of fear around it. I had fear of, you know, people aren't going to want group. They only want one-to-one coaching. They want that personalized aspect. How am I not, how am I going to make sure that client experience isn't tainted uh, as I move into the one-to-many model? And that was a really, it, it was a long process for me to kind of be like, all right, one to many is, it's going to be the key to my growth. And it doesn't have to compromise client experience. But there was a lot of figuring out in order to do that. Now, about a year into seeing clients one to one, I tried to launch before I went to group coaching, I tried to launch a membership. Now, this is very important. What happens when you try to launch something from a place of, oh, she did it and she makes a lot of money from it. I want to do the same. I want to try it. (laughs) Chances are it's not going to be very successful. Okay. So this is what I did with my membership. I saw a big name in the industry and she had a membership and she had tons of, I think she was hitting like 
I don't know, 20 K months just from her membership. That was low ticket, like 30 bucks a month. Okay. Now this is the difference between someone who has a lot of volume versus someone who doesn't have a lot of volume, but can sell high ticket, which was me. Okay. So I could sell high ticket programs, but it was so much easier for me to sell high ticket programs to a smaller audience than to sell low ticket programs and need a lot of volume in order to make the money I wanted to make. So obviously at the time, I didn't have an awareness of that. I was like, well, let's just do this. She's, she's able to do it. I can do it too. Um, which, you know, good mindset to have, Lauren. Great job, but not successful. <laughs> so the reason I say it's not successful, and let me let me reframe that because it's not that it wasn't successful. It was that I was doing it for the wrong reasons. It was that I was like, ooh, this is going to mean that I don't have to put in a lot of effort and I'm going to make a lot of money. Versus what I've learned is I want to be able to provide the best client experience and of course, make a lot of money as we all do. But I don't want client experience to be compromised. And it all came back to the intention of it. Now, when I launched the membership, I got people in. It was great. But like I said, I think I got like maybe 20 or 30 people in, which is is very exciting. But when I did that, I was like, okay, 30 people in and it's $30 a month. That's not very much. Which looking back on it, if I didn't expect that to be my one... I, I didn't understand product suite at the time. So I was trying to find, quote unquote, the thing that would allow me to scale the business. And without a huge volume, it would be really hard for me to just have the membership be my one thing that I would make all of my money from. So if at the time I was able to understand, oh, this doesn't have to be the thing. I can have a product suite that serves me. We can fill this membership on the back end. Things would have gone a lot differently. Where now, what, three years later, I'm reintroducing a membership model in my business because I understand how it can complement the rest of my product suite. And I don't expect it to be the thing. If it brings in an extra $900 a month, I mean, that was incredible, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it was around 900 a month. And it's like, at the time, I was like, man, that's nothing because I was being a brat. <laughs> but no, I, I truly, I just didn't understand. And that's okay because that's part of the process. So we learn, we learn, we learn. Okay. So it came down to the intention of it. Finally, I was like, all right, I think I'm ready to launch a group program. I was starting to feel excited about it. Um, I was hearing all, you know, these people say it was the bee's knees. And I was like, that sounds freaking great, right? We minimize our time in the business, but we maximize our revenue. And that is true scaling. It's not increasing expenses while also increasing income because then we're not actually scaling. We're just growing, right? But when we're able to increase our income without increasing our expenses or or just input in general without having to put in a ton more hours, that, my friends, is scaling. Okay. So finally, I launched my group. And I want to talk a little bit about why I think it was so successful. First, I checked my intentions. The intention wasn't, this is going to be the thing. The intention was, this is a smart move. 
This is a move that is aligned with my values of working smarter, not harder. Now, like I said, there were some fears that came up where I was like, I, I like, what if client experience is tainted? What if people don't want a group and they're just going to ask for one-to-one? What if, what if, what if, what if? Now, I basically felt the fear and did it anyway. And, you know, mentorship at the time was extremely crucial because I needed someone in my ear telling me how to combat these things. Because it's absolutely, it's absolutely possible that someone will still ask for one to one. It's absolutely possible that client experience can be reduced if you don't know how to hold a group properly. Okay. So, um, what made my first launch? So my first launch, I actually got 10 people into my group and I was so excited about that. Now, what made it so successful? One, I think was the longer launch runway. So rather than the traditional open cart for two weeks and see who joins, that felt like not good at all. I was like, oh God, that sounds really fucking terrible. So I actually extended the launch runway and I actually went against traditional Black Friday recommendations. So I launched my group for the first time for Black Friday, I believe. This was, this was a while ago, but I'm 90% sure that's what I did. Uh, and, you know, traditional recommendations are don't, don't launch something new for Black Friday because there's no awareness around it. And there's very quick buying decisions for Black Friday. It's like, People are just buying. There's no time for them to really contemplate too much um, because there's so much in their face. Now, what I did was very intentional. It wasn't like, oh, hey, I have this new group. Come join us. I had spent at least a month increasing awareness of like, I have something coming. This is who it's for. These are, you know, what it, this is what it's going to look like. Um, if you want X, Y, and Z, you know, all, all the marketing things were done very intentionally for at least a month. So that when I opened the doors, it was like, oh my God, finally. Right. Um, so I spent a long time increasing awareness for it. And then I spent a long time having the card open for it. I wish I could remember all the logistics because at the time I wasn't tracking any KPIs, key performance indicators. Um, I can't remember how many people joined for Black Friday, how long I kept it open or anything like that, to be honest with you. But I had a long launch runway. I know that it was at least the day before Thanksgiving through January because the, the cohort started in January. So I was selling it all from Black Friday all through December. And that just felt really good for me because I felt like I had a decent amount of time to fill the cohort. Um, and you know, my recommendations would be a little bit different now because it can be a challenge to fill cohorts that are so far in advance. Um, but. I definitely had some sort of incentive that was like, if you join now, XYZ will happen. You get a bonus holiday call, you get, um, you know, special pricing, anything like that, because we want to make sure that it's not like, why would I join now when I could just join in three weeks? And they're able to sit in that decision, in that indecision for a very long time. Okay. So first group, beautiful, great, amazing. Um, and I slowly but surely I weaned out one to one clients and I strictly scaled my group. You have permission, not that you need it, but you have total autonomy and freedom to 
to create the business that you want to create. If you want to scale just your group, you can absolutely fucking do that. And honestly, that's what we do in expansion, my high level mastermind. And it is just a blast. So come join us in there. Our next cohort is in January. Um, and we're going to have the best time ever, but you can scale your business however you want. And that's what we do in expansion is not only scale your one to many model, but we scale your business in general so that you have more freedom, more time, whether that's a combination of group courses, one to one, you get to create that combination for what you want it to be for yourself. Okay. So I believe that I was, my group was so successful because of the way I was able to position it. So rather than coming at it from the angle of my fear of how am I going to create a great client experience with more than a few people on a call? How am I going to sell a group when everybody wants one-to-one? Those are my own beliefs. That actually wasn't the truth. So when we're having this resistance, I think it's so important to know how to dissolve the resistance. Now, when we dissolve resistance, we place facts on top of it. We place what we know to be true on top of it. So for example, if I say people aren't going to want to join group, they only want one-to-one, then I can say, I mean, now after the fact, did people join group? Did they have a good experience? Yes. Okay. Um, Do people desire group? And you might not have evidence of it yet, right? But do people desire to, do people join groups in other industries and other people's groups? Yes, they do. So why would yours be any different? Do people have great experiences in other groups? Yes, they do. So why would ours be any different? We just have to figure out the right model. Okay. So I uh, launched my group. It went amazing. I figured out how to position it in a way that was like, group is actually super beneficial, especially you can position it depending on your industry or your niche. So for my niche, I was like, for intuitive eating, it feels really lonely. And I get it. If you're someone who is um, introverted, it might feel a little bit more scary. You might think, how am I going to get the most out of this when I don't really like to talk in groups? Or how am I going to get the most out of this when I really want one-to-one? Or, right, because... And then I would dissolve that resistance on my stories, otherwise known as objections, where it's like, oh, you want one-to-one? Okay, great. Let's add on some one-to-one calls so that you get that additional experience. Um or uh, like I was saying, you could add a bonus one-to-one if it's if it's like further than 30 or 60, 30 to 90 days out from the cohort beginning, add on a bonus one-to-one call. You're dissolving that resistance. They're getting that customized approach. You can even speak to how you don't have more than XYZ amount of people in a group. And that is because you want to be able to create that customized experience. That's going to dissolve the resistance. So if you have any resistance around selling your group, or if you don't have a group yet and you have your own resistance, I would figure out how you can place facts on top of it. Because if you have your own resistance, it's going to be really hard to sell it. And we need to figure out what that resistance is and combat it so you can sell it really beautifully. Now, when I was doing my group, the first the first launch, I essentially launched it and then I kept it open. So it was an evergreen group. Now, there's evergreen groups and then there's open and closed cart groups. You can do it however the hell you want to. At first, I was like, this is a lot. 
this is a lot to have an evergreen group. I launched this group and then I was just constantly talking about it. I feel like I never got a break from it. At the time, that was a lot for me. Now, I'm so used to selling that it wouldn't bother me. But at the time, like I said, it it was a challenge for me because I was like, I don't know how the hell I could talk about this every single day. I felt that my audience was getting bored of it. I felt that um, it was feeling stale. I felt that I was talking about the same things. But that was really... It wasn't a matter of the evergreen model. It was about my expertise at the time. I didn't have the right expertise in order to hold the evergreen launch model and a brand new group. So what I ended up doing is one of the best things I ever did in business was I created cohorts and I, and again, you can position it however you want. Like if I want to, if I chose to see it as, oh, these people inside the group aren't liking that there's new people coming in um, while they're in their current cohort, then I could see it that way. Or I can position it as, you know, new people come into this cohort and it's evergreen and it's actually going to be- benefit everyone, right? Like you can, I hate to use the word manipulate, but you can manipulate the way that people see things based on the way that you explain it, right? It's like if somebody were to tell you, um, oh, you know, this is the best program for you. And originally you came in and you were like, oh, I know I need this program. It's sales. I mean, everything in life is sales. It's just the way that you communicate it. Okay. So I had an evergreen model. It felt really exhausting to me at the time, trying to get a grasp of how to do group and also continue to sell it. Um, it felt overwhelming. So I, I switched to an open and closed cart model. However, instead of like creating a wait list or anything for the next cohort, I would just continue to talk about it, but there would be a new start date for the next cohort. So let's say it was 12 weeks and the, the cohort started in January. It ended in March. I would continue to talk about it and I would say apply for our next cohort. People could put down deposits. People could join early. Um, and that way, again, it was relieving the pressure that I need, that I was experiencing when it was like, Oh, it's March and we have a group starting in two weeks. And now I need to fill it within these next two weeks. That felt really shitty to me. So I just continued to sell it almost from an evergreen perspective where it's like, oh, it's always open, but it was more rolling admission rather than it's always open and you can come into the group tomorrow, if that makes sense. So that is the way that I scaled my group. It was the best. I truly, I went from seeing clients probably 15 to 20 hours per week to uh, maybe three hours per week, if that. I ran one group. I scaled that one group and I was hitting around 10K months. It was glorious, 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 glorious. So that is what my expansion high-level mastermind is now surrounded around. And what we do is we break down your current business model in order for you to rebuild and expand, hence expansion. Um, And I always say that things need to semi-fall apart in order to be rebuilt bigger, right? So you could argue that my business, quote unquote, fell apart, didn't actually fall apart, but we needed to let things go a little bit in order to rebuild and and expand in other ways. So 
the one-on-one, you could say, quote unquote, fell apart. It didn't actually fall apart. It just was scaled back. I was like, all right, let's scale this back. So we have more opportunity to talk about group, to get focused and intentional about selling the group program. So that's how I created my group. That's how I launched my group. I actually decided because when you launch a group program, you know, obviously there's so many different models, but for me personally, it felt really good to have the modules created on the back end and not do any live teaching. There was, it's so crazy, the evolution of holding a group now. I'm like, there's no stress. There's no pressure. I feel very comfortable in front of my clients, you know, running groups. But when I launched my first group, I'm like, this is nerve wracking. Like, this is a little, I'm fucking nervous. Like having, you know, however many people on a call and teaching and then opening up the floor to questions and you don't know what they're going to ask, like all these things that can be very stressful. Another point that I want to make that was really, really helpful is um, I created expectations. So when you have a decent amount of people, even if it's two or three people, personalities clash, you know, certain questions come up that you're like, I don't know how to respond to this, all these things. And we want to be really prepared. So I, um, I recorded my modules beforehand, which you can absolutely do. And then each week they had a, they had a roadmap of the modules that they, um, were going to be responsible for that week. And then if they wanted to discuss that on our call, they could absolutely do that. And if they had a question about something else, we could absolutely go through that as well. So it was totally up to them. And then um, I created with the back end, they had all their modules and they also had a um, expectations video where I laid out the expectations that they could have for me and the expectations that I had of them. So at the time, um, some of my expectations of them were for them, like I would know if they didn't go through the modules. And it's like, you're not using the, and I wouldn't say this strictly, but we're wasting both of our, our time if you don't go through the modules and then you come on the call and I'm answering questions that are, that are answered in the module. Again, I wasn't that harsh, but. <laughs> For lack of a better way of saying it, that's essentially what I was saying because truly, like, they're not getting, I want them to get the best out of this. And I'm very intentional about creating the modules in a way that they, that are going to benefit them. And, you know, I want them to get the most out of it. And if they are asking questions that are answered on the back end, when they could be getting on the call and, and getting questions answered that aren't answered on the back end, or they could be spending it customizing what they learned on the back end to them that's not serving them or me, right? So I created an expectations module and things would come up and I would edit it pretty much every cohort because there would be new expectations that would need to be laid laid down, right? So say, for example, somebody is like, I'm not getting results. Okay, well then in the expectations video, I would say everybody is going to get results at a different pace. Your results... I, I would lay down the law in terms of how people, how my most successful clients were getting results. And that was the best way to do it because it's not shameful. It's just like my most successful people, this is exactly what they're doing. That's all you got to do. Follow this framework. You're Gucci, right? So expectations video was really great. And then another thing that was really beautiful was the, uh, um, 
what did I even call it? I guess I called it like a check-in form, but basically I had a Google uh, form that they were able to fill out. And when they filled it out, they, um, it would, it would go to my back end and I positioned it in a way that it's like, I want you to come to this call prepared and ready and have your questions. Um, and as long as you fill out this form by X time, so let's say our call was on Tuesdays at 12, then I would say, okay, fill out this questionnaire by 5 p.m. Eastern on Monday, and we would have a direction to go. So that they weren't coming to the call and being like, oh, I haven't thought about this in an entire week. Like, not very intentional, right? So I set up systems in a way that ensured that they would be successful if they followed the framework. So that was also super helpful for me as a baby dietitian to make sure that I had all of the best possible answers for their questions. So rather than, you know, them coming on the call being like, Oh, I'm really struggling with weight gain. And my aunt said this to me and I'm like, I want to have the best possible answer, but I'm feeling like I'm on the spot and I can't have my best possible answer when I'm on the spot. I was able to get that question beforehand and anything that I need workshopping with, I could workshop with my, um, with my mentors who were helping me with supervision at the time. And it just felt like I could provide the best possible experience that way. It also made our time on the call extremely efficient. And that was also something that I put in expectations. If you're not filling out your check-in form and like I'm going to go through everybody first who who filled out their check-in form and who fills it out with intentionality because they're doing the work. And if we get around to your question, if you have one on the call, great. But again, to get the most out of this, fill out the check-in form. Just do do what you got to do, and you're gonna you're gonna be golden, right? So expectations, uh, along with a check in form, was super super helpful for the success of the group, for the um, the vibe of the group too. Like when you set the right expectations, um, and then it also actually comes down to messaging. So if your messaging on your content to fill your group is uh, positioned a certain way. It's going to like, for example, if I right now was speaking to you and I'm like, business is hard. You struggle every day. You hate your business. Like all of the coaches you've had have been terrible. I'm not going to attract the person that I want to attract versus listen to how different this tonality is. Um, you know, business gets to be easy. Yes, there are hard moments, right? I acknowledge that. However, the way that I teach business is so that you can live your life and have an extremely fulfilling business that brings you freedom financially, time-wise, location-wise. See how different that tonality is, right? So the people that you want in your group and the vibe of your group starts with your messaging in your content, okay? So if you're in a place where you're like, I want to start a group, I want to scale a group, I want to scale my business from the perspective of a one-to-many model rather than, you know, I want to scale my business from the perspective of just adding more clients, then expansion is going to be a beautiful place for you to be. I used to have this belief that in order to scale my business, I just needed more leads. I just needed more demand. When in reality, 
that was just one piece of the puzzle. And what I really needed to learn to do is to optimize my product suite. And that is something that we absolutely do in expansion because I want scaling your business and making more money to feel as easy as possible. So our next cohort of expansion is beginning in January. I am so excited for this next cohort. This will be the second time that we're running expansion. The first cohort has been so incredible. And I hope to see you guys inside. I will be linking the uh, uh, application in the show notes. If you have any questions at all, I'm always available on Instagram. Feel free to DM me at Laura Sharp. And if you're feeling up to it, if you love this episode, feel free to drop us a review, uh, subscribe, share the podcast, share this um this episode to your socials and I would be so grateful. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk with you soon. Love you. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Business Happy Hour. Take what you've learned today and start taking action towards building a business that grants you financial freedom, location independence, and the flexibility to live life on your own terms. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please hit subscribe and share it with your community. We value your feedback. So if you feel inspired, please leave a review and together we can create a community of empowered entrepreneurs who are rewriting the rules of business. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll continue to serve up the inspiration and practical advice that you need to achieve your entrepreneurial dreams. Until then, follow me on Instagram at Laura Sharp. Keep raising your glass to the possibilities and remember your future is what you pour into it. Cheers and I'll see you soon on the next Business Happy Hour.